Hello and welcome back to another edition of Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to be joined, as usual, by the brilliant Vittorio Campanile, live from Rome. How are you, sir? Not bad, thanks. Not bad. What about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. Arsenal are on a good run of form. They've they got rid of lots of bad players out of the transfer window. So yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a decent few weeks. I can't complain at all. Um, Vittorio, let's kick off with a game that I'm sure you would have thoroughly enjoyed at the weekend. Atalanta one, Lazio three. Lazio getting revenge on Atalanta following that Coppa Italia quarter final. Um, first of all, tell us the story of the game and 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 what were you most impressed about Lazio? Well, uh, after the Coppa Italia final a couple of years ago, where Lazio defeated Atalanta 2-0, Lazio failed to <laughs> beat Atalanta again. And it, it looks like it, it was a rivalry there because Atalanta-Lazio in the couple of, last couple of years battled for the Champions League spot. Uh, Atalanta, it's a very dangerous team, especially, I don't know why, in January, they are very, they usually play great football. And uh, with, with this said, I was concerned that Lazio could face another defeat after the one of Wednesday in Coppa Italia. Instead, the most impressive thing was that Lazio pretty much dominated the match, uh, which against a team like, offensive team like Atalanta, it's really hard to do. Uh, Atalanta had one shot on target, the goal they scored in the second half. So Lazio was pretty much in control of the match. Uh, I think Inzaghi prepared it very well and uh, Gasperini didn't expect to see Lazio playing like that. So it, it, it's an important win for Lazio because this is the fifth win in a row in Serie A. So that's give you a lot of boost and confidence. And considering that all the big teams have won, uh, keeping up with the with the big guns, it's it, it's the key for Lazio because they are fighting for a, sp a spot in the Champions League. And if they lost yes, uh, Sunday, uh, it, it would have been very hard to, to achieve it. For sure. And it took just two minutes, didn't it, for, for Lazio to break the deadlock. Adam Marusic with a an absolute stunner of a goal into the top corner. Nobody saw that coming, did they? No, absolutely. It was a huge surprise. Uh, I have to admit that I was a little bit surprised to see Marusic uh, take a shot like that. It's funny because Sena Lulic, before the match, said to him, uh, remember, take your chances with the right foot. And he did it straight away and scored. And in fact, went to celebrate with him you know, on the bench. So, um, surprising. Obviously, going immediately ahead helped Lazio to control the match. Uh, but, I mean, Lazio played really, really well against Atalanta. That it's really complicated. Let's not forget that Atalanta last weekend dominated AC Milan. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody seen it coming. And that's one of the reasons that, that I've really got back into Serie A because of, you know, there are so many good teams in the league. There are so many big clubs and these results are never too far away. The results that maybe people didn't see coming and it really adds to the entertainment value of the competition. But that win takes Lazio um, to within just two points of Juventus in fourth. Now, I know Juventus have played a game less, but Lazio, we, we've kind of touched on it in recent weeks. They're on an upward trajectory at the moment, aren't they? They're on their way up again and, and they're starting to get closer to where it is many people probably expected them to be at the end of this at the beginning of the season, sorry. Yes, we have to say that Juventus has to play against Napoli. So one of the two will lose points. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I presume. So if Juventus win, then Lazio will catch up with Napoli or the other way around. So 
that, that's important. And yes, uh, finally, without the Champions League that will come back in February, uh, Inzaghi and the players could focus to the Serie A. Now Lazio will have, for the first time, six days to prepare for the next match against Cagliari. And, you know, you finally have a couple of days to rest to prepare for the match. And this had a huge impact in Lazio performance. I don't think it's a coincidence that since the Champions League finished, Lazio have started to win in Serie A. And Lazio have won five matches in a row, but they beat Atalanta, Sassuolo, Roma in the Derby, Parma. You know, all we are talking about all good teams. So this is probably the most important thing, beating big teams. Uh, give you confidence, give you uh, a big boost, and uh, you know you you think that you finally can play at that level. So that's very important. You make a great point. Five wins in a row for Lazio. There's not a, another team in the division who have been in such fine form over the last five games. So Lazio definitely the ones to watch right. at the moment. Definitely on an upward trajectory. If you were an Atalanta fan, uh, Vittoria, would you be beating yourself up about this game? Is it? Was it just a bad day at the office from an Atalanta perspective? Um, well, we have to say something about Atalanta. Atalanta, it's very good at the wingers. They they press you very high. They they didn't have Gusens a Hotterberg that maybe uh, Serie A lovers know very well, but people that doesn't follow Serie A don't know these players. I don't want to say they are the key of success of Atalanta, but they are very, very important. And we saw it. Lazio dominated on both wingers. So, uh, no, I don't think Atalanta fans should be that much concerned about losing against Lazio. Uh, Lazio is a great team uh, and, you know, you, you just dominated AC Milan. I think if you're an Atalanta fan, you should be still convinced that they can reach the Champions League. My only question mark would be, are you sure that without Gomez, this team can beat consistently other, other big teams? Because... Usually, we saw against Milan, they dominated because they play so fast. Uh, and and this, this created problems to AC Milan. Against Lazio, where you weren't able to play as fast as like that, maybe you needed a talented player like Gomez in, in midfield to light up your team. And that's maybe a player you, you're going to miss. Yeah, and we probably should should talk a little bit about Papu Gomez because, of course, he's left the club. Uh, he's joined Sevilla in Spain. Uh, the fee was around about four point nine million pounds. That's what we were we were quoted. So it's not a major fee, but I think given his age and and given the fact that you know the the whole of Europe is in a bit of a crisis at the moment, you can understand why Atalanta didn't get uh, a massive amount for the player, but. It just feels weird to me. It feels like the end of an era for Atalanta yeah. because they've been really strong over the last few years. And one of the kind of, you know, the standout players throughout that period has been Papu Gomez. How do they go about replacing somebody like that who is has become synonymous, I guess, with Atalanta? Yes, yes. I mean, it, it's very difficult. I, I agree, Papu Gomez, it's old. But let's not forget he's 32, 33, something like that. 32, yep. So um, a lot of team, Italian team, got in touch with Atalanta saying, hey, how much do you want for this player? It, it looks like Atalanta for the player asked for 10, 11 million euros. That probably was too much for Serie A. Um, the problem is Gasperini is a great manager, uh, but he has problem with relationship. We saw it when he managed Inter uh, a couple of years ago. 
and uh, he fall out with uh, with Papu Gomez, and this is a big problem because, as I said, uh, Atalanta has a lot of good players, but maybe Ilicic is the only one who has that talent like Papu Gomez. With a big difference, Ilicic for me it's very inconsistent. He can play 20 minutes of amazing football and then disappear for the rest of the match. And this is what happened Sunday against Lazio. So you don't have that type of player anymore. Um, and I fear Atalanta will struggle without him. Uh, but, you know, Atalanta had to make a choice. Do we stick with our manager or do we stick with our captain? I think the decision was correct. You know, you have to stick with your manager. And mm -hmm. so they had to get rid of Papu Gomez. Um, in this circumstance, with the COVID-19 affecting all the teams, they couldn't get that much money. But they, they have been smart because they sold it, sold them abroad. So yeah. they, it won't come back to bite them. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, a player like Papu Gomez will be missed. I'm not convinced, to be honest with you, that he will be as good as he has been in Bergamo at Sevilla because it's different circumstances, different teams, etc. So we could say that both of them have lost in this deal, probably. Yeah, great points. Great points indeed. Uh, let's move on to the game between Bologna and Milan. Uh, Milan won uh, by two goals to one. Rebic and Kessier with the goals. Uh, and of course, Poli uh, scored for uh, Bologna. Milan had lost their last couple of games, uh, you know, one in the league, one in the in the Coppa Italia. And there were a lot of eyes on them this week, weren't there, to see whether they could bounce back immediately or whether we were going to start to see Milan fade away. To their credit, they got all three points, but they made hard work of it, didn't they? Again, I would say again. And we said it in, the, in this podcast pretty much every single week. It, it's. You can see it two ways, right? Uh Big teams find a way to win, even if they're playing bad football. But you cannot imagine keeping up like this for so long. You have to start playing better football to, to win consistently. AC Milan is finding a way to win consistently, even playing badly. Uh, again, two penalties for AC Milan. There have been a lot of rumors here in Italy because we are beginning February and AC Milan already had 14 penalties this season. Wow. So they, they have been, I mean, Juventus is the second, they had five. So this still tells you the gap. Um, Ibrahimovic missed the penalty, but uh, uh, they were able to score on the deflection of the goalkeeper. The biggest question mark here is, will Milan finally start to play good football? Because you can win against Bologna like that. We saw it against Atalanta. If you don't play great football, you lose. And that's this will happen. So... The question mark is they have to step up. They have to start playing well uh, because against big team, this won't be enough. Uh, but on the other side, you can say, well, they came from two defeats. You can think that they could start losing confidence. Instead, they won. So this is important for the table, for the confidence. But I think they have to start to play better football. Otherwise, I don't think they can keep it up with Inter and Juventus. Yeah, my my gut feeling is is that they won't is that they'll they'll start to fade off a little bit and and I, and I hate to say that because of the Italian sides you know you'll know I don't support anybody specifically but I do have a soft spot for Milan always have um, so I'd like to see them uh, go on and be crowned champions but I just every week I watch them and I feel like 
like you say, they're, they're just not quite at the level uh, that is needed uh, to always get over the line. And as you said, against most teams in the division, they probably will, but it, it can't continue. One thing we have to point out is that Donnarumma is playing unbelievably. And again, against Bologna, a couple of great saves. People said it looks it, it, it's like Donnarumma made a, made a goal on Sunday because of his <laughs> saves. Uh, in Italy, we believe that great goalkeepers help you win the league. And so we have to be honest and say that probably at this point, Milan has the best goalkeeper in Serie A. And this will definitely help them. But with Serie A change, now it's a very offensive mind league, I would say. Uh, you have to play. Having a great goalkeeper is not enough, and we saw it against Atalanta. So, Mina has to play better, but definitely having Donnarumma on your side helps you definitely <laughs> a lot, I would say. For sure. And, and and just for those who maybe don't watch Donnarumma too often, he's matured as a goalkeeper, hasn't he? he I think he's gotten better and better as the years have gone by. Yes, definitely. Um, he he has improved a lot in this couple of years. I think, as you were saying, he's he's become more mature. He's still very young, but you know he's playing like five years in Serie A, so he's a very mature player for his age. Uh, he's he felt the pressure. You know, you you we all remember the the problems with renewing his contract a couple of years ago. Now this summer, probably they will have a lot of, another discussion because. Raiola wants to push him somewhere else where he can, he can get more money. So uh, he has been in a hot seat and this helped him mature. Uh, I think he's a great goalkeeper. I don't know if he's at Buffon top level, but he's definitely the best in Italy. And uh, yes, I think that this season, at least 10 points Donnarumma provide to Milan with his unbelievable saves. So that's important because you start the league with 10 points more than the other team. And, uh, you know, seeing, for example, Andanovic, who should be a very good goalkeeper this year, making a couple of mistakes you wouldn't expect it from him. So, you know, Donnarumma is giving added value to this team, a lot of added value to this team. Of course. And and as you say, it, you know, he's been around for a while and people kind of have this perception of him, you know, in their minds. But actually, it's very easy to forget that this guy's just 21. 21 yeah. you know yeah. who's to say by 25 26 he won't be the best goalkeeper in the world you know so he's the sky's the limit for Donnarumma I've, you know there have been signs that maybe he was a little bit overhyped at certain periods in his career but I think he's fought back quite well from that and he looks as though he's on the up um Let's let's move on uh, to another game Juventus uh, they defeated Sampdoria and I know Juventus didn't play particularly well on the night. They got an early goal, or early, I say early, 20th minute, and then they, they got a late one through Aaron Ramsey to, to really secure the result. We've spoken before about Claudio Ranieri and the way he, he is good at nullifying opponents. Do you think that's why Juventus found it a little bit difficult at Sampdoria, or do you think that they just weren't at the races? It's always very difficult to play against... Uh... Claudio Ranieri, especially if you don't have a big experience as manager as Andrea Pirlo has. So this created a little of problems for Juventus. Um, on the other side, we have to say that finally Bentancur and Arthur are starting to improve. We said that Juventus missed a midfielder like Arthur with quality. Uh, and we are seeing that slowly 
but Andrea Pirlo is starting to picking up Arthur more often, uh, and uh, this is having an, an impact. Again, playing against Sampdoria, it's very difficult. They don't have a lot of quality players, but Ranieri, it's very good in defending. And um, Juventus um, didn't play great football, but find a way to win. And that, the difference, I would say, is that Juventus has a lot of quality players that can decide your match. Obviously, we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, Ramsey, etc. And this is probably the biggest difference between AC Milan and Juventus. Uh, Juventus has a lot of options, quality option. So even if they're not in the right night, Pirlo has a lot of options to pick up. McKenny is playing is back, is playing great football. So um yeah, I would say that Juventus is starting to improve finally to find the the starting eleven because we saw Pirlo changing a lot in the in the last month or so. Now with picking Arthur more often, we see some improvement. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's let's move on to Roma against Verona. Um nine minutes, three goals. Uh, for Roma, put them in a really, really comfortable position. I, I watched this one because, to be honest, Tottenham were playing Brighton and Tottenham <laughs> were losing 1-0. And I thought, if I watch that, then I might curse Brighton. So I stuck with Roma Verona, even though the game was over, uh, just in case. Um, but yeah, massive, massive result uh, again for Roma. They've picked up a couple of results lately that maybe have relieved some of the pressure on the boss. Yes, I, I, well, it's funny enough because there were rumors that if Roma lost against Verona, Fonseca could be sacked. And we talked a, a lot last podcast, right? Roma is third. No one could expect Roma to be at that position now. So it, it, it makes no sense. Um, Verona is a very good team. Uh, we saw this season play great football. So it was a huge surprise to see Roma pretty much closing the match in the first 10 minutes. Uh but this tells you again that all those rumors that players was against are against the manager were completely fake. Um, Roma played very very well against against Verona. Um, it wasn't easy because Verona is a very dangerous team, especially if you start pressing a lot and then giving a lot of spaces. Um, but yeah, I mean Borja Mayoral, who's starting playing against Zeko. Uh, Zeko is off the squad. There's going to be a meeting this week to see if they can uh, find a solution for Seca and Zeko. But Borja Mayoral is a great striker and uh, he's proving that he can play at, uh, at this level. And I said it, Roma is third. I think they can fight for the Champions League till the end of the season. So great performance uh, because, again, as I said, Verona is a very dangerous team and they had the best defence till now in Serie A. So scoring three goals against Verona is never easy. So really well done from Roma. Um, again, nowadays Juventus-Roma next week, this will be uh, a very important match for, for this club because they are third, but let's not forget that they didn't want a single match against a top team. They drew against Juventus, they lost the Derby, they lost against Napoli and so on. So to make the final step, probably, they have to beat one of the big teams. Now, against Juventus in Turin, it's going to be quite complicated, but they have to show improvement. Yeah, for sure. And another good performance from Henrik Mikitarian as well. Uh, I didn't want enough, to say it. <laughs> he had I, another I good game. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Uh, he had another good game uh, for Roma, and it's, it's certainly worth highlighting that. Uh, looking at Inter uh, 
they made easy work of of Benevento 4-0 uh, at San Siro. Romelu Lukaku with a brace, backing up your point, Vittorio, that when he plays against the smaller sides, yep. he's, uh, he's as good as anybody, but it's that level up that maybe he struggles with. But perhaps more importantly for Inter, Lautaro Martinez ended his goal drought, uh, which is, he's just, it feels like he misses so many chances every week that definitely. he needed that, didn't he? Yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, we, we saw him playing and you, you think, this guy, it's amazing. And then in front of the keeper, he always <laughs> shoot wide or miss a, a incredible chances. He's not very good in finishing, which for a striker, it's quite a, a, an issue there. Uh, again, he scored against Benevento. So, you know, uh, Benevento is not a top, a top team. You have to prove that you're a good striker against top teams. And again, both Lukaku and Lautaro have failed this season to, to perform well against big teams. But this is an important win because let's not forget that Inter has proved us that they can play very well against big teams. They beat the Juventus and then they were stopped against Udinese. So there was some concern after winning the Derby that they could relax a little bit and lose points at home against Benevento. This didn't happen, so this is promising. We saw even Eriksen start, and the first goal, we can say that it's uh, you have to give credit to Eriksen for this free kick. So we're seeing improvement there. We're seeing Juvent uh, Inter sorry, slowly picking up, improving match after match. And, um, you know, I think seeing how Milan is playing, seeing how Juventus is playing, seeing how Inter is performing now, uh, if I was an Inter fan, I would be excited because I think finally things are going my way. And uh, so, you know, it, it would be very interesting to see the next matches of Inter because, as I said, the team in Conte has so many players to pick up. And uh, in the last month or so, he failed to, to make the right choices. But now with Barella playing so well, with Lautaro finally scoring... Uh, with Eriksen finally showing his talent. I mean, this team is complete. I mean, this team can really win the Scudetto. They also have the, the Coppa Italia semi-final first leg to come, yeah. don't they, tonight? Um, which is a bit of a distraction, I guess. A um, big distraction, I would say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Against Juventus as well. I mean, yeah. it's a massive rivalry, isn't it? So it, yeah. it probably is a bit of a distraction, but... Antonio Conte is actually going for a, a touchline bad at the moment as well, isn't he? After insulting uh, the referee during the Udinese game, so it's um yeah, look, it's a difficult period coming up. They travel to Fiorentina at the weekend, which you know I know Fiorentina haven't been in the best of form, but that's that's always a, a tricky tie as well. Um, so they need to stay focused into, and they need to not have the blips that we've seen them have so often over the last couple of seasons that have ultimately denied them really challenging Juve till the end. Um, I wanted to just touch on on, on the Christian Eriksen thing because obviously scored that brilliant goal um, in the Coppa Italia game against Milan, contributed again at the weekend. Uh, sorry, yeah, contributed again, sorry, at the weekend. He didn't get a move away. He hasn't gone anywhere. Um, there was talk of him potentially leaving San Siro on loan. That didn't happen. Are we seeing signs maybe that Antonio Conte is softening his stance towards Christian Eriksen? Is he going to let him kind of prove his worth a little bit more now? Because he is playing more regularly at the moment. Uh, 
I think he's forced to. I think, you know, the, the, the press conference before uh, Inter Benevento was a little bit surprising because he said, well, it's not that he scores a free kick and then he, he has the right to start the next match, which it wasn't very nice for Exxon to hear that, even though he started afterwards. But uh, Inter wanted money for, for Eriksen. No one came offering that, that amount of money. So they, they had to keep him. And again, he's a talented player. Now, let, let's get this straight. He's a good player. He's not, <laughs> I don't know, uh, uh, an improved player. We saw it with Tottenham. He was amazing. Um, he doesn't fit very well with Antonio Conte uh, static, but I think the job of the manager is when you have a talent player, you have to make him perform as good as he, as he can, can. So Antonio Conte has to, has to find a way to uh, give time to Eriksen to make him perform because he has talent and he saw it when he had the chances. So I think he will have to, he will be forced to, to play. And, you know, you have Coppa Italia, that is very important, especially against Juventus. And I think the goal in the derby gave Eriksen a lot of confidence. And um, this is important. Now, if he plays against Juventus and scores, for example, this will be massive for him and for the team. Because obviously, if you have a player back like Eriksen, <laughs> this is a big, big boost for the team, right? Because you have a very talented player. Um, so, yes, I think the, the, the club forced Conte to give him more space because you invested 20 million euros and uh, you cannot waste that money, especially in these financial con conditions. So uh, I think we will see Eriksen play much more. And I, on the other side, we have to say with Barella playing so well, this definitely helps Eriksen because if you have close to you a player that it's simply playing great football, then this will help you make life easier, right? So, yeah, I think Ericsson will play more. For sure. Um, a couple of other teams I wanted to quickly pick your brains on, Vittorio. Uh, Genoa picked up a little bit of form of late and they've pulled away uh, from the drop zone uh, a little bit. Are, are you confident that they'll be okay now? They were, they were in trouble a few weeks ago when we were looking at the table. Well, what can we say about Davide Ballardini, the manager of Genoa? Since he picked the team... Genoa has completely transformed. They have become, you know, one of the, I wouldn't say best team in the league, but definitely in form. They're winning a lot of matches. Mattia Destro, that looked like a former player, a player who could not anymore play in Serie A, has started scoring consistently every single week. So, you know, uh, praise to Davide Ballardini because this team looked like they had no chance to survive this year, to stay in Serie A. Since he came on, Genoa is playing amazing football. They are winning a lot of matches. Uh, they don't care who, who against they're playing. They always find a way to play great football and, and to win. So um, definitely Ballardini, I don't know how he made it because Genoa didn't sign a lot of players. But with the players he had available, he transformed the team. And yes, I think at this point... If nothing terrible happens, uh, they are safe, I would say. And uh, probably at the moment, uh, Harry, I would say uh, there are two teams, that, three teams probably, that teams want to avoid. Milan, Lazio and Genoa, because they are the team that are in best shape at the moment. 
Yeah, for sure. And just finally, let, let's quickly touch on on Napoli a little bit because um, they got a 2-0 win against Parma. Um, it feels like there's a, and I'm speaking from what I read here, of course, you're, you're in Italy, you'll probably know a lot better than me, but is there a little bit of pressure or was there a little bit of pressure on, on Gattuso going into this one? Because you've said it before, yeah. they've got the quality to be pushing at a much higher level than they're currently operating. You know, you look at Napoli now, yeah, they're in fifth. Um, but, you know, they were kind of outsiders, weren't they, for the top two, top three at the start of the season. What's going on there? Is it just good too? So is it deeper than that? What do you think is the problem there? I know they won this weekend, but it just yeah, doesn't feel Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Roma and Napoli has been very similar. They try to self-destroy. Uh, the, the, the interview Gattuso made after that match was really scaring if you are a Napoli fan because he said he wasn't happy about what De Laurentiis did. De Laurentiis is the owner of Napoli because, as we talked about, there were rumours that Benitez could come back to, to, to manage the club and Gattuso could be sacked. And uh, Gattuso said things that make you think, well, Gattuso is out of Napoli. He, he already knows that he's out. And, you know, Napoli is still fighting for the Champions League. They're, they're still fighting for the Coppa Italia. They're fighting for everything. They have a great team. And when you hear a manager saying those things, well, it, it, it's really concerning. Knowing how De Laurentiis behave, I, I'm surprised he's still on, in charge. I think knowing De Laurentiis, he should be sacked Sunday night, you know, uh, for what Gattuso <laughs> said. He said he's not happy about what De Laurentiis did. The relationship was good at the beginning. Now it's not as great. I mean, th these are not the right words to say when you're in charge of Napoli. And after win, you know, these are the wrong things to say. I, I can understand Gattuso is disappointed because, let's face it, Napoli is still there and they have rumors of sacking Gattuso, replacement manager already contacted, etc., but this is football, right? How, how, how often do we hear these things? Every, every week, right? We, we, uh, Conte being sacked, uh, Inzaghi being sacked, Fonseca being sacked. So this is not a surprise. You are in the football world 20 years, I think, Gattuso. You should be used to this. These words don't make sense. And this is the wrong message you're sending to fans, to your team, to everybody. So, yeah, I really don't understand. I'm not confident now anymore in Napoli after this. Yeah, it, it, it must have an impact. And maybe now that Gattuso's kind of, you know, making it clear in the public eye, you can perhaps maybe understand why. And I know you said Napoli are up there. They are, of course, you know, they're in fifth yeah. place. They're only, you know, three points off of Roma in third. And they've played a game less. But it just feels like with Napoli, the way I look at it is, They've got the players and they've got the talent to be a little bit closer to the to the leaders than they are. But if the, all this stuff is going on behind the scenes, that obviously doesn't help. And and you're right, De Laurentiis is, it has been ruthless in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, Gattuso was out the door very soon. And maybe this is where Gattuso, sometimes his passion and his kind of willingness to fight can let him down a little bit because you just feel like he's kind of signing his own death warrant at the moment. Definitely, definitely. And one thing that we always say in Italy is that Juventus is winning because behind there is a club with big experience 
they know how to help the manager take Andrea Pirlo he has no experience but the club was behind him protect him uh, and if if there are fights in the locker room they never get out if it's in Juventus if it's Inter doing things like that the day afterwards is on every Italian newspaper and this is a problem why Inter doesn't win and why Juventus does is this the difference same thing you can say with Napoli the the, the I don't know why this self-destroy uh, thing that Napoli has it's unbelievable this is a good team that could fight for the Scudetto but Gattuso saying these things I think they have zero chances now and this is something that would never ever happen to Juventus never um, rumors of replacing the manager and things like that will never pop up pop out in Juventus and let's not forget that Pirlo has been terrible this season especially at the beginning so this is why Juventus win very often and Napoli never wins, even if they had unbelievable teams. This lack of club helping the, the manager, the players, this is a big problem. It's a lack of unity, isn't it, behind yeah. the scenes? Yeah, completely agree. Some great points. Uh, Vittorio, we're going to leave it there. Thank you uh, so much for joining me. Uh, once again, don't forget, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you follow Vittorio on Twitter at Vittorio Camper. Make sure you check out the Lazio Lounge as well. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Simply Serie Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast as well. Uh, that really, really helps. And if you could be kind enough to leave us a review, we'd very much appreciate that as well. Um, Vittorio, thank you again. And uh, we will see you all next week with another edition of Simply Serie Until then, ciao. Ciao.